Hey everyone, Dave Broadback here. This is the uh, audio for a lecture uh, in Psychology 3256, Advanced Univariate Statistics. It used to be called Design and Analysis 1, but we didn't think that name was scary enough. Also check out the uh, YouTube uh, videos of uh, these uh, lectures. I guess I've now just committed myself to doing the YouTube videos. Anyway, check out my YouTube channel and you can find them there. Or also at my blog, people.ac.ca slash broadback slash blog. If you like statistics, oh, you're... <laughs> Okay, so unequal cell sizes are bad. <laughs> Remember last time I talked about two designs. One design you should avoid, one design you'll, you'll probably not run into. One, the, the, the one you should avoid is the hierarchical design, the one you shouldn't, you probably won't run into very often is Latin square, it's perfectly acceptable. Here we're going to talk about something that you should just avoid almost as much as you should avoid hierarchical designs. So most designs actually assume equal ends. Okay. Notice how I call it n in all the designs we talked about. I say n equals 5, n equals 4. I'm saying equal number of subjects per group, except for the simplest ones, like a one-way analysis of variance. A one-way between subjects analysis of variance, you can have different numbers of subjects per group. I can also tell you, though, that there's a thing we learn sometimes about weighting means. We used to teach, we go anywhere, because it's an exaggerated computer. But there was a thing people were taught for a long time that actually turns out as incorrect. Some people modeled the stuff and went, no, it doesn't really work that way. So there was a thing that people used to be taught about weighting means that isn't really the case. So it's, it's beside the point. You can have unequal ends. If you go to the thesis conference next week on Friday, which I encourage you all to do to, to, to support your fellow students and see what many of you will be going through next year. That's next Friday. What time is it? I think it's at 1. Or one thirty, or it's one of those. It's it's in the afternoon. It's done by four because that's when the bar opens <laughs> and we go drinking. So um, probably one or one thirty. Yeah, I'll find it. I'll find it. You could also be a thing in the algorithm. You know, you know that email you, know you get every morning. You delete as soon as it arrives. Yeah. Yeah. You, oh, wait. The way that you know it's eight o'clock in the morning. Oh, you know, you know it's here. Delete. No one has, has anyone ever said, oh boy, the university newsletter emails here. <laughs> no one. No. Um, but you'll see one of my students that does a simple one-way analysis of variance on her data. And she's got unequal cell sizes. No problem with a one-way email. No problem at all. Is it in the hmm? Oh, the, the drinking is. Uh, the, uh, the the talks themselves are oh, in the two hundred. Yeah, you're just interested in the drinkers. Yeah. <laughs> no, the talk is where the talks are in W two hundred. The uh, the, the one that nobody calls official. Okay. Let's see it. Yeah, it's it's you'll see some really cool science. It's really neat. So let's say you have unequal ends. If you have a more comp any, anything more complicated than a one way ANOVA. what then? What to do? What is to be done? Which is the name of a political pamphlet written by Vladimir Lenin. I don't know why I know certain things. I just do. Um, maybe we can estimate the missing values. And in fact, if you look on SPSS, you can tell it to estimate missing values. People say, use the mean. 
Sometimes people say use the mediator. Depends on what people you're talking about. You might want to use the mean if you've got data where you don't have a lot of variance, or where the variances are similar in each group, which they really should be. If you've got a lot of high, a whole lot, a few high numbers or a few low numbers that would pull the, the variance in that one cell, because we're talking about a cell not having enough data. If you put that, um, it's going to pull it up or pull it down. You might want to use the median instead, okay? Because you know the median isn't affected by extreme values. Right. One of these cases, you should always know what average somebody's talking about. If they're talking about the median or the mean. Right. The next thing you might want to ask yourself is if, instead, let's do this. Why don't we look back to our model? Let's say it's a two by two. X equals zero plus alpha plus beta plus alpha beta plus epsilon. Maybe we could say we know what the grand mean is. We can just calculate what the A effect is, what the B effect is, and what alpha beta is. And go from there. That's a possibility. The thing is, sometimes you might think to yourself, well, I don't want to include the interaction, just like in our quiz example, we didn't include main effects in the Because we don't expect there to be an interaction. So we would think that theoretically the data should turn out like this or that. So you include interactions. That's a question you can ask. It's not like it's, I'm not saying this is a way to cheat. I'm saying that you might think to yourself, I don't want to include the interaction. Because there shouldn't be one. That's got to just be statistical noise. You're making all kinds of extra little assumptions here, as you can see. No matter what, you don't, you've lost the degrees of freedom or you, because you've arbitrarily assigned a value. Right? As soon as, let's say we've got five numbers here, five numbers here, five numbers here, and three numbers here, even the, the bottom, let's see here, the bottom left, uh, we're going to estimate two values. If we're going to do that, we're fixing two more values. So I guess I shouldn't say we're losing degrees of freedom. We aren't gaining any by adding those numbers. They're still fixed. No, they're still fixed, right? Because if I just arbitrarily assign them, they aren't free to vary. Okay. So you see the logic of this so far? Using logic exceedingly loosely. I wouldn't do this. Now there are other ways to deal with it. We could, so we could estimate by. We can also use calculations that I'm not going to get into how to do them because you, you let computers do them. Uh, or you know how to do matrix algebra pretty well. Um, so I use computers because I'm really lousy with matrix algebra. Um, most of the analyses I've talked about in this course, when I've shown you the sums of squares, I've shown you what are called type 1 sums of squares. They should tell you there are other types if there's a type 1. So they're fine if ends are equal. They work at that they're actually built for ends being equal. The reason the expected values work out the way they're supposed to be so we know what to divide by what are because the ends are supposed to be equal. It's one of the reasons. They don't work as well when ends are unequal. They work, but just not as well as they should. They tend to make mistakes. How do we know they make mistakes? People do what are called Monte Carlo experiments. They do these simulations. 
and they include missing values, but they actually know what the real effects are in the population. You get a generated population of millions of numbers, and then you randomly select some numbers, but you miss some values. So you actually know what's happened because you've designed the population. And then you see if, if, there's, if it detects the things it's supposed to detect. This is the fun of reading the Journal of the American Statistical Association. And I am putting fun in the air quotes out there. But there are, of course, type 2 sums of scores. Aha! So it's all matrix algebra. They're good when there's missing values. They can deal with it nicely. And you might think, well, great. Why don't we just do type 2 sums of squares all the time? Um, if there's interaction, they don't work properly. It's very great if there's no interaction. They were perfect. They were intended for situations where you had, say, two main effects or three main effects or whatever, but you had no interactions. So you're probably thinking to yourself, you're saying to yourself, self, I bet there's something called type 3 sums of squares that deal with interactions. And there are. You probably don't know if there's an interaction or not, because if you knew it, you probably wouldn't do the experiment. <laughs> you probably don't know. So if there's no interaction, that's fine. If there is interaction, type 3s are what you do. So you use type 3s. Type 3s, again, this is done with matrix algebra. And in fact, when SPSS, if you take a look at the outputs that you guys generated from the last assignment, you'll note that they actually would have said, uh, where are we here? Anyway, if you use SPSS, it said type 3 sums of squares as the, the header. Because by default, SPSS and any other statistical program worth anything will give you type 3 sums of squares. Because type 3 sums of squares are equal to type 1 sums of squares when the number of subjects is equal. So we learned the type 1 analysis because I don't want to teach you matrix algebra because I have to reteach it to myself. And also, no. You can just do that some other time in your life, okay? And then you too can get half out of 15 when I play this in your first year PhD. Because you guessed seven, that was the right answer. To a great big multiplying two matrices together. I don't know how the hell I'm going to have. I told you guys about that, but I just guessed seven because I was told by a math prof and just for calculus. Guess seven once in your life, you're bound to be great. It worked once. I think it's my one time it worked. It's never going to work again. So instead, we teach you, and also it's easy to explain the type ones. This, this is a very variation from this mean, so the type ones make more sense that way, theoretically, or sort of uh, intuitively. But our software always uses type ones. In fact, if ends are equal, type ones equal type twos equal type threes. If the ends are equal. That's great. Type twos are mostly for regression. You have to not calculate it, but you will hear about them again. So this isn't a huge deal. The thing is, most a lot of people what they do when they do post hoc tests is they don't realize that post hoc tests want equal ends. They don't want unequal ends. So they'll use unequal ends and they're using type three sets of scores and they go, oh, fine. Who cares? 
But then they'd go to a, a Tuki or a student in Kuls or something, and it requires awareness. Right? So, oh, yeah, go ahead. Why would you not have equal hands? Jeez, I can give you a reason right now that Maria, my student, doesn't have equal hands because people didn't show up for the experiment. She's doing an honor system. Oh, so, like so they're like unforeseen Out of control, yeah. Almost always. Uh, animals die. Oh, okay, not that. Things like that happen, right? I mean, so science. Nobody really does it on purpose. It's pretty rarely, yeah. If someone did it on purpose and they were working for me or with me, I'd say, go collect more data, please. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen with people work with me because I say, make sure you have 15 subjects per group or whatever the heck That's it's going to be. Saying. You would yeah. make it the same. Yeah, you, you would rarely, you would never plan it. I can't think of a reason you would plan it that way. So it's out of your control. Yeah, usually. Now, you might, it might be a case where you say, okay, I can see that the placebo group and the sham lesion group are not different. So I'm going to put them together into one group, and it'll be twice the size of the other group. People do that. Okay. I would rather they did it. Within oh, they're fine. Yeah, sure. But I would, in that, I wouldn't do that. I would just say, why are you doing that? That <laughs> would be the thing I'd ask people. Because I've seen that before. I don't like it. I mean, I, I just... And it's not just the sort of part of me that's like everything should always be nicely balanced. It's because... Math, I mean, it just works better with equal ends. For the postdocs, for the if you do a regular analysis, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but if you're designing your experiment, maybe you don't design yeah. with equal ends. Then you're out of your mind. Okay. You don't know how to do. You you, you, you probably didn't do well in twenty one twenty seven or over thirty two eighty six. Those are research methods courses for people on the internet. We're listening, not for people on the internet. And I'm looking at the microphone like it's the internet and I'm talking to it. Hello, internet. You hear that internet? Yes. Do you hear that internet? <laughs> now, what you might do, in fact, what I usually say to students when they have these problems, that Maria doesn't have the problem of, well, she can't collect any more data. So I said, do you have time to just equal these out? And she said, not really. I said, okay, okay. It should work. I mean, if there's an effect, we did a power analysis before we did the experiment, and I said, we, we need this many subjects per group. One of them has that minimum number. If we don't have an effect, I don't care. Then it's not there. Uh, not a huge deal. Though there's something there. There's something. I'll say, though, that this chair is just in the wrong place. That's the first thing I've said. It's somewhere. So, yeah, uh, what I would typically say is go just go collect more data. Right? So you need more people in group three, go get some people, test them in group three, and we add their data before. Now you can't just this is now this is different than something called p hacking. P hacking is when you say, oh I'm P is less than 0.07. I'm just gonna keep testing people until I hit 0.05 and stop. That's cheating. Look, if it's a 0.07. You should look at it and go, that means there's a 93% chance this didn't happen because of sampling error. Oh, oh did you imagine point of five? I don't care. It all went in exactly the direction I expect is what happened with it. Versus at point of five, six. And I said, it's fine. It worked. If someone says it didn't work, they're wrong. It went exactly the way you expected it to go. Just that, you said, well, you know, what about collecting more subjects? I said, no one who works with me will pee hack. I will not allow it. No, no, no. People will do that. On the, I, my favorite case of this I heard of, I didn't see this myself, but a buddy of mine, my buddy Todd, I've told you about Todd before he was at our, our uh, TA when I was in grad school. He was collecting data. I'm sorry, he was reading a paper, a review, he was reviewing a paper, I'm sorry, and they said, uh, we didn't get a significant correlation. 
So what we did is, but it was going in the direction we expected, so we simulated 20 more numbers. See, and then they just said, no, those are degrees of freedom, too, now it works. That's not even p-hacking. That's just, that's not even wrong. It's not that it's not right. It's just not even wrong. It's in a whole different world. That's not how, how anything works in the universe. You don't just make things up. Right? It's like when you were a kid and you said, uh, maybe you flip the coin or you do uh, rock, paper, scissors, you know? And you go, okay, you, you do the first one, you do the paper, comes rock, and your friend goes, okay, no, two out of three. <laughs> no, uh, three to five. Uh, four to seven. Keeps going until eventually he wins. He goes, yeah, five on the left, five on the nine, I win. That's just cheating. He happens close to that in our life. Just making up numbers and saying, oh, we should make up some numbers. That's just cheating. Of course there's a type 4 sum of squares. Why wouldn't there be? There's no type 5 one in the book. But there is a type of sum of squares even a B for, for 5. Pretty good, right? I took Latin. I know what we did words. Whoa, type 4s work with empty cells. That's cool. See, empty cells are when you have like A1, A2, B1, B2, and then you have data here, data here, data here, and nothing here. Like literally no data. So it works like this. That would be an empty cell situation. You pretend these are summits for two and two. What would you put here? What do you think? Mm-hmm. Give me, give me, see, I'll see if I can give you a reason to. So what would you put as the empty cell here for B A B two B two? Would you put as the empty cell? Four. Okay. Why four? Because it would become a pattern. It looks nice and it's symmetrical. Sure. That's good. This is good. That's a good reason. What's another one? That's a good answer. What's what's another number you can put there? Zero. Why not zero? Why zero, Jay? Going between A1 and A2, it'll go down by two. There you go. There you go. So you're both making, so you're, you're making interaction, you're thinking main effects. Sure. What about three million? <laughs> There's no argument against that either. That's the problem. I don't know what goes here. High four sums of squares are really fun to do because they're bizarre. Mathematically, they come up with a solution. They, 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 solve, a, they, solve, they solve a regression model. So, or thin regression model. But they make a guess as to what number should go there. And the number depends on if it does the A effect first or the B effect first or interaction first. So would this be the same circumstance as before? Like you didn't get... Here what you do... Data? Yeah, why, here, why you, 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 here you have no data. Yeah. Well, why would you have a blank cell as well? So because you don't know how to design experiments. <laughs> no, seriously, that's what it is. Uh, it's because you don't know how to design experiments. So you made a mistake. You made a mistake. And you can't go back and fix it, so you do this. And this has happened before. I talked the other day about how one of the ways you can make money as a psych grad student, a little bit of money on the side, is be a statistical consultant. And I did this. And people from a lab, I won't say anything else about it because I don't want to disparage them. And they do good work too. Not, they're not academics per se. Um, but not an industry either, so it's a, an organization. Did this work? 
and they had a stats program, and they called the guy who wrote the stats program, who was my stats, who's my stats prof in grad school, and he said, uh, you know, you should do, go upstairs, knock on door number 307, and his name's Dave Broadback, he's a really good student, he's one of my TAs for graduate stats, ask him, uh, and pay him. So, the guy showed up, and he introduced himself, and said, it's nice to meet you, blah, 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 what do you need? And he said, I need you to come and help me analyze my data with this program called PowerStat, which we used to still a great program in existence. And I said, okay, that'll be at least $200, and that's for one hour, and it's $2 an hour. He said, okay. I said, okay. Because <laughs> um, it's 1992, and I'm like, that's, that's money. So, I go down to their lab, which is in the same building, I look at his, his apparel design, I'm like, you can't do this. Because they were like, it wasn't just a two by two. You know how I analyze this, by the way? I turn that into a one way eight number, just do three groups. I can do that. I can't talk about interactions anymore, but I can say groups are different. But he had like a three by five and like two empty cells. And I said, I can't analyze these data. I said, Are you really interested in the two things come together? Like how they interact? He said, Yes, can't give me I said, I can give you an answer. But I said, I can give you an infinite number of answers, all of which are correct or all of which are incorrect. He said, I don't understand. I said, well, yes, I can see that. Because um, I was a you know, pretentious jerk. I'm 26 and I'm smarter than the old guy. So I'm, you know, uh, but I mean, he they wrote me the check. And I said, the best thing to do is go back, get more money and run those two cells. If you can do that, I can come back down here and do it for you in 10 minutes. And again, there'll be 200 more dollars. <laughs> um, I don't know if they did it or not. I think maybe they was pissed off about because he never got the back down there. But I get to the box. You can't analyze empty cells. The only way you do this, like I said, turn that into a one-way angle with three three levels. No more interaction, but at least I can find out. At least all is not lost. At least all is not lost. Questions about this?
for listening to the lecture. Um, all of the audio is available, of course, on iTunes or whatever podcatcher you're using. Just search for da uh, Dr. Dave Broadbeck's uh, Psychology Lectures from Algoma University, which is the most ungainly title ever. Uh, these are released under a sh uh, um, Creative Commons copyright share like 3.0 Canada. Uh, you can't use these for commercial purposes. Um, you feel free to share them uh, and feel free to mash them up any way you want. But if you do that, that means I get to do the same thing with your stuff. Sort of like the GNU license. Um, I hope you learned something. But if you didn't, I, unless you're one of my students, I really don't care. Um, the music, by the way, for each uh, song, for each uh, uh, episode, <laughs> lecture, uh, is uh, available. They're all podcast, uh, like Podsafe music. So if you want to uh, find out about the bands, there's links on my website at people.aoc.ca slash broadback. Uh, if those links don't work, just contact me and I'll find uh, I'll find out. Um, often I put links uh, actually in the uh, what I call them show notes or blog posts. So uh, you know, buy these people's music. They're they're making the stuff available out there. Uh, thanks everybody. We'll see you next time.